Hey, fellas. Good to see y'all today. Good to see you. Hello. It's Greg's birthday today. Hey. Happy birthday right. to Greg. And the podcast is over. And the podcast is over. Why is it over? Uh, well, at least by the time they watch this, it will no longer be my birthday. Yeah. I remember your birthday two years ago. We had a very special surprise for Greg. What happened to you two years ago, Greg? I don't remember what happened to me yesterday. Huh? It's you remember birthday. this. Yep. Perhaps we could play the video of that. Michael, Ooh. how hard would that be to edit that little video into the podcast? You don't need to do that, Michael. Yeah, yeah. we might we'll, could do we'll that. And Michael, you got a one-on-one with me next week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> we might just do that. Greg had a little surprise waiting for him in the office. I think there's a video there. How are you guys this week? Doing good. Anything good happened to you this week? Got to spend this moment with you. Oh. So that's pretty good. Well, oh, yeah, crap. man. There wow. that is. What do you want? <laughs> Well, it's not even budget time or anything. You want a new, some new equipment or something? I mean, I wasn't, but that sounds good. Okay, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. All right, good. Well, good. Greg had family in this week for yep. his birthday. Yep, it was good. We had a good All visit. All good stuff. Good to hang out with people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. How about you? Anything good for you? No, got back off vacation. Okay. Well, yes, got back off vacation. <laughs> nope. Nope. Uh, horrible. Back on vacation. It's uh, all downhill from there. Here I am. No, we're doing really well. Back from vacation. Had a good time, but uh, good to get home as well. Back in the swing of things. We're kind of in one of those weeks. This is my first Monday back on the job, so it's been good. Well, it's good to have you back. Good to be back. Yep. Good to be back with everybody. Had good. a good weekend? We had a good here? weekend. Yep. We really did. Yeah, I think things went well. Yeah, breakthrough week three. Is that right? Yeah. Week mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It sure was. Was it? Yeah, it was. <laughs> I thought it was. It was fantastic. It's now time for you guys to start asking me questions. <laughs> Matt's sitting in the middle, so I thought we'd let him kind of drive this train today. I'm just trying not to break down in laughter. <laughs> I'm good, though. We got this. Okay, let's see. No, I love how you, uh, you dove into just talking about this idea of not growing weary. Um even when you're when you're doing things that are good and diving into scripture about um, just what that looks like. And um, I feel like there was a lot of, I don't know, maybe permission is the word I would say, uh, that I felt like you were giving the church um, to just, whether it be take a break or continue doing the right thing, knowing it's the right thing. Um, so I'm curious what kind of led you to that point. Part of it... Um was just in praying over this verse um, before I preached it. I just really prayed. Sometimes I I, um, I think it's good for preachers and teachers to pray over their message and kind of try to uh, envision or let God give them a vision of who they're going to be speaking to and who that message might touch. And uh, I was really drawn to a couple of, of groups that I mentioned, caregivers, number one, mm-hmm. and then... Uh, like foster parents and uh, adopting parents, you know, who are bringing children into their home. Both of those things are very long-term commitments, you know, that are, they can really wear people out. And so we spoke a little bit to that, but I think as Christians, it's, it's, it's easy to think when we get tired or worn out, we're just not a good enough Christian, Mm -hmm. you know, if I really love Jesus as much as I should, or I was as good a disciple as I should, I wouldn't be here thinking about quitting, you know. And so I just wanted to say, and, and oftentimes when you pray for people and think about that, you just want to say it's okay and feel that way. You're just human, you know. You've been forgiven of your sins. You're saved. You're you're a Christian. The Holy Spirit lives in you. But you still have limitations as a human being. 
you know, and uh, I wanted them to be okay with that. Yeah, no, I, I mean, uh, that was kind of one of the big things right there is just to simply be able to tell people, hey, you're, you know, it's okay for you to, you know, you're doing the right thing and you you are going to get tired doing that. And I mean, you shared a, a moment from, you know, you're an Alexis uh, story where, uh, you you know, you had to, had one of those moments where you're just tired of doing the right thing. And I, I don't know, I think sometimes as followers of Christ, we can kind of lose sight of that, that sometimes we are human, you know, in the midst of all that, and we do get tired of it. But you gave us some uh, some good shifts there that we can make in those in those moments and in those times to help us to move beyond the, the, the being weary of doing of doing good. And one of those was to shift out of me mode into we mode. And I kept wanting you to go, wee! <laughs> when, when I you kept say, thinking of the wee remote. That's right. So going, going into we mode. That. Yeah. Um, but man, such a powerful shift. And... I don't know. On one hand, it can sound like something that seems very elementary, but how many of us fail to put that into practice? Like it's so easy for us to just focus in. And you and man, I, I so appreciated this when you said it wasn't. We're not talking about moving from uh, um, selfish to unselfish. That that wasn't it. Uh, because where everybody, you know, you're talking about people growing weary and do. I mean, I just I thought that was a really good point to make right there to kind of draw people's back attention that this is not a selfish versus unselfish deal, but really surrounding yourself with the right people and finding that community. Um, and so many of us as as believers still have yet to dive into that idea of what real community looks like. It's very true. We we get in this me gear Mm -hmm. you know and we run on that and we take pride in that Mm -hmm. we feel like we're supposed to be that way and i said it yesterday i'll say it again particularly men i think want to do it by themselves i've told a story many times of installing a microwave at my house and uh, i opened the box and right on top it said don't try this alone you know it's plain as day i mean they had a big sheet covering the foam you know you couldn't miss it as soon as you open it do not attempt this alone and i just took it as a challenge (laughs) Like, okay, well, if you say it can't be done, I'm going to do it. And I think there's something good to the fact as as human beings, not just men, but as human beings, men and women, we want to rise to a challenge, you know, and we want to prove that we can do something. That can go really too far, though, because there's some things that shouldn't be attempted alone. That microwave was one of them, too. I did it, (laughs) and it actually went well, and I got so overconfident. I'll tell you a follow-up to that story that I haven't told very often. We moved from that house about four years ago and I had to replace that microwave and so I had to hang another one I had to do it It was white and I had to put a stainless steel one up so everything would match and uh, so I got a stainless steel one and I hung it but it was it about killed me but I was overconfident because I had done it alone the first time and I thought I would again why not and it it got hung (laughs) up there but I realized in the middle of it you're being stupid here trying to do this by yourself you really are so yeah, we we need to we need to lean on the support God has given us. Do you think it's you think it is part of it the fact that maybe and maybe it is is more t- geared toward guys, but I think there's some women out there that kind of are in that are in that me mode as well that we just we just don't think that we need it. Or do you think it's something that we push back on? It's a it's a challenge that say you know I can I can do this. But what do you think it is that that causes us not to not to engage in in we mode more often? I think oftentimes we don't think we need help. We don't realize that we need help, you know. I I tend to think, you know, I got this. I can handle this. 
when I want something done, I'm just, for me, like if I'm wanting to move some furniture around or hang something or do something, I really just want to get it done now, and I don't want to bother with calling somebody else. So I'd prefer just to break my back trying to do it myself than even bother doing that. It's just a pain to me to have to call somebody and have them come over and trouble them. But I think oftentimes we just, we're not aware of our need for help, mm. and we press on until something breaks, yeah. you know, and that's a bad time. I mean, you're going to call for help then, but you don't want to push it until something snaps. Yeah, I think on the other side of that, sometimes I feel like, I don't know if I can do this, whatever. You, it's different situations. Like, I don't know that I can do this, and you almost want to, you want to see, can I do this by myself? And I think that there's kind of that permission in there to go, why? You know, the same question, why would I want to unload a refrigerator by myself? Like, we're surrounded by people who want to be a part of that and that want to dive into those things. So why would you, why would you waste your time trying to prove to yourself that you're so capable of that thing? It strikes me as well. One of the things we're struggling with at Upward and we're learning really fast because of the growth we're experiencing here lately, we're learning that doing things by yourself is actually cheating someone else mm -hmm. out of a job that they need to learn to do. And I've said this to the staff, and we've passed this message along, that if you're doing something by yourself, you're actually not leading. You're just doing. And what we need with this growth and the scale we're experiencing is leaders who can build teams to get things done. Yeah. Because at, you, there is a limit on what you can do by yourself. There really is. And I know a lot of pastors, um, many of them are pastoring smaller churches, and they do absolutely everything. Right. And I've been at that place myself yeah. in this church sure. when it was smaller, you know, when I preached the sermons, when I visited everyone in the hospital, when I did all kinds of things that I, I don't do as much of now simply because of the scale of it. Um, it was a really hard lesson for me to learn as a pastor that I needed to hand things off. And it's still a hard lesson for me to learn, even uh, where we are today. There are things that I try to do that I have to say, no, this is not for me to do anymore. Right. I was challenged by that by um, a consultant just recently who said, hey, this that's not your role. You should not be the one doing this anymore. And that's so hard for me. Yeah. It's just hard to give up a role that you had. But what happens is the work gets done a whole lot better when you give it to somebody with some capacity to do it instead of being overwhelmed yourself. And you've just added a leader to your team. Exactly. And uh, that's something we all have to do. Asking for help has tremendous benefits. What would what would you say, and I don't know that there is, there's not one, I'm sure, but what would you say is the biggest thing that we are missing out on if we continue to live our lives in that me mode rather than rather than we mode? What's the what's the biggest benefit that you see? I mean, I, I, that's an opinion thing. I get that. But I'm just I'm curious what your thoughts are on that. I really do believe the joy in life are the relationships. Hmm. I really do believe that. I, I can tell you over the years, you know, we've seen. I used to think that when the church was smaller, I used to think if we can ever get to this size, I'll be happy. Right. Right. Yeah. And we're three times larger than anything I ever dreamed of right now. Right. You know, I, I thought of a certain miracle number we would hit, and we've tripled that at least. And um, so, and I can tell you this in all sincerity. The church getting bigger does not actually make me happy. Right. I'm glad that it sure. is, but it doesn't actually feel what I was looking to be filled. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. 
what does, number one, obviously, is Jesus, a yes. relationship with him. The thing I'm most happy about that gives me the most joy and satisfaction is the relationships I have with you guys and with leaders and just the people who are coming. My opportunity to go around and talk to them and hear their stories and just experience what Jesus is doing in their lives and see them connect with each other and relationships getting built. That's the real joy of it all. And so many people miss that. Yeah. I'm shocked sometimes when I get to know people, and I try to get to know as many people as I can. I'm shocked when I get to know some highly successful people in this community and in our world who just don't have any friends. Mm. They just don't. And it's like um, we may do something and we find out they don't they don't do that with anybody. Right. Um, I think our culture has got this, and, and we're always dogging social media. I think there's some good uses of it. But I think it creates this false sense of community uh, that you see people's pictures and comment and like and whatever and see stories and reels, and you, it's almost a fake connection. And, and we miss that mm -hmm. when we live in me mode, when mm -hmm. we try to do it alone. That's good. It's real good. And that ties into where you went with, I'll say it wrong, but Kronos, Kronos, and yeah, Kairos. Kronos and Kairos, yeah. Um, just that idea of it's so easy to get focused on that Kronos and kind of that what's next, what's happening, what are we doing on the timeline instead of really looking for those moments. And I loved how you gave the illustration of just that moment on vacation of this is one of those moments, you know. And But I think it's so easy to get distracted by what's next what do i have to do next what's the next thing instead of just going where's the moment he's got for me today yeah i i, I have missed so many moments because i was thinking about chronos mm. you know chronos if if they didn't hear the sermon is just the planning the the measurement of time and hours and days and months and all mm -hmm. and kairos are just those moments those appointed times that god gives us when when it's just like life springs up and god opens up something there I think of several times that I was in a, and I just remember this more than anything. I, I think of several times that my, my children had a program at school and I was there, but I wasn't there. Mm -hmm. They were up on stage doing the program, you know, but I can think of several times that they were doing something and I was sitting out in the audience worried about something I had to get done. Right. And I think, man, I missed the Kairos worrying about the Kronos. You know, and I think that's one of the one of the things that can really weary us more than anything is when we're thinking about the chronos. When is this going to happen? Right. It's so slow. How do I push this along a little faster? <laughs> you know, and when we when we live in the kairos, the appointed time, we know that God has an appointment for that harvest. That God has a time to bring forth what He wants to bring forth. Some of it on this earth, some of it is even in eternity past this life. But if we sow the right seed, we're going to get the right harvest. And so when we live in the kairos of God, we trust him with that. It's on his appointment book, and we don't have to fret over it. That's a lot easier to sit here and say it than it is to do it. Right. Everything is. But um, I've learned a lot about that. What do you— it, practically speaking, what does it look like for us to live focused more on the Kairos than the, than the Kronos? What is that? What is that? How how do how can I do that? Because I know I sh I'm, I'm gonna be honest with that. You know, not living by the not living by the calendar and by the appointments here thing. That's that's nerve wracking to me a little bit. So to be able to focus more on the moments, how do, how do I do that? 
Well, I think um, one of the things that I've seen over the course of ministry over 30 years is that oftentimes an interruption in my mm-hmm. schedule was a kairos. Yeah. That when God sent someone my way that was unplanned, it may have been a need, it may have been an encouragement, it may have been a phone call, wasn't strictly what I planned, but I found that that was the life of God for that day. Yeah. That was the moment I was called to face in that day. I think you got to be open to interruptions in your calendar. I really do. Yeah. And I think you got to see it. I think you just have to slow down from your manic obsession with. I hate to say it because it almost sounds lazy. We can be so obsessed with productivity mm-hmm. and cramming everything we can do into every day that we miss life itself. Boy, you just opened up a can that could be a that is oh, a whole sure. other podcast sure. completely on its own. But no, I, I I completely agree with that. We we do get such so hurried and always on to the next thing and and what we got to do to to be productive that we don't we don't build in time for interruptions we don't we don't allow for interruptions and interruptions we completely bypass i remember as a young pastor and i can see myself in in my office it was over on washington street in hendersonville and i can see myself in my office there making i would do the church calendar every month mm-hmm. you talk about doing everything there was a lot <laughs> i had some help too i didn't do everything but right. i did a lot of stuff and i would put together the church calendar and i remember it was my goal in my head to have something every day right. on the calendar, something going on, maybe a prayer meeting a night or a practice. And I remember the month we achieved it. I looked on that calendar, and we had something every night. And I really looked at it with this satisfaction saying, we're a success now. Yeah, We've got something going on every night. That's absolutely yeah. wrong, 100%. The goal is not to fill up the calendar with stuff going on. It's not. Because what I wound up doing, we ran on that for a couple years, mm-hmm. and uh, we moved into this building. I mean, it was full speed ahead, 90 miles an hour all the time. Do something else, add something else. And I was driven by this concept of success. Mm-hmm. Something's going on every night. We had a big year one year uh, when we did um, like a, a fall event, you know, this kind of fall outreach event. It was a judgment house for people who are familiar with that. We did that here. Oh, uh, I can't remember the year, but it's been a long time ago. And we did one of those. And uh, right after it, we did a big Christmas production. Mm-hmm. So we had everybody here getting ready for Judgment House for weeks, put on that whole program. And as soon as that ended, many of the same people turned right around again and jumped into practice for a big Christmas production. And uh, so we got done with Christmas. And you know that January, several of his families left the church. Wow. You know why? They were just burned Burnt, out. Torn, yeah. Tired. We worked them so hard. We burned them out. Yep. And I realized these guys haven't really had a good night home with their family, many of them, in months. Wow. So we peeled that schedule back. We never did a judgment house again because yep. we, we couldn't do Christmas and that. And since then, we have pared back a whole lot oh, yeah. on what we actually put on our calendar. Yep. The focus now is more on connect groups and people doing stuff. And, and I would say... There is something going on at Upward every night of the week now, but it's groups. Mm-hmm. It's not the whole, we're not trying to pull. Get everybody on, yeah. You know, globally, everybody in <laughs> right. here together. Well, I mean, I think that's uh, that's two huge things that you just mentioned right there, being open to interruptions and slowing down, not being in such a hurry all the time. Uh, that's two huge things right there for us that um, 
once again, are difficult to implement. But if we will, it helps us to be more focused on the, uh, the Kairos. I think young families need to hear this, too. I've, yeah. I've raised kids, and I've, I've got it, and I've, I've got two great kids, and I, I don't want to use them to say I'm a wonderful parent. Look at my kids. But um, we've got some wisdom there. Alexa's had a lot of it, and my kids get a lot of credit. They're just great people, both of them. But uh, one of the things we learned is we needed to have time alone as a family mm-hmm. at home mm-hmm. doing nothing. Yeah. Because it's in those quote, doing nothing moments that life hits you and they ask questions. And and I think there's a pressure on young families that we have to get our kids involved in so many things or we're not being good parents. Mm-hmm. You know, there's baseball and football and, and, uh, and all those are good things and dance and school and everything. And you can run so hard to these events and you can be sitting in the bleachers and the kids out there on the field and you're not really interacting with right. them. You drove them there and back. you know. And I think we can fill the calendar so much with activities for our kids that we just don't have time to be at home with them. And the th- things I remember the most is just being at home with my kids. Right. I wasn't didn't always have that together. Yeah. And everybody will always struggle to keep that balance sure? where it needs to be. But uh, that's an important lesson. That's how to seize the Kairos. Because the Kairos comes in a lot of times on your way to the grocery store. Right. I would get my kids, you know, I'd go to the grocery store, and I'd, I'd try to get one of them to get in the car with me. The yeah. older they got, the harder it was. Yeah. I don't want to go to the grocery store. But uh, many times, just riding to the grocery store, they would ask me a question, mm-hmm. and it was a Kairos moment that I'll remember forever. Wouldn't have happened if I'd have been busy yep. on my productivity That's calendar. Good. That's really good. Not to say those things are bad, mm-hmm. but we got to seize the Kairos. It's really this has been good. This is real good. I'm glad. I hope it helped. Yep, I think so. Okay, what's coming up this week? Anything good? I don't know. I don't know. You tell us. Anything good? <laughs> I sure hope so. I hope I have something <laughs> good to say about Thursday. Breakthrough week four. <laughs> okay, that's all I can call it right now. I think I'm actually going to get around this week to preaching the message I hope to open up this series oh with, my. which is crazy. Uh, the last two weeks have been just things God put on my heart. You'll so. give a quick shout out to Pastor Luke. He, uh, we didn't get a chance to break oh, down his message, but oh, uh, yeah. man, he did a great job the previous week. Oh, everybody's telling me what a great job Luke did, uh, as they do when you guys preach as well. Oh, yeah. We've got such a great team that uh, when I'm gone, uh, people are excited to hear from y'all. They really are, and that's part of the strength here. It's not just about me being up there preaching. It's about all of us. So they're going to be hearing more from y'all this year, and we uh, we're excited. It's we mode. We mode. We mode. Oh, uh, yeah, we'll try to end with that before it gets any worse. <laughs> See y'all next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.